Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Rule the Roost podcast. It's uh, it's a well, it's an epic week this week, as I'm sure you all know by now. We are going to be facing the old enemy, the Arsenal, um, and unfortunately, owing to a severe case of bottling it, basically, Raji Baines isn't with me today to hold my hand. So uh, I'm joined by Seb, the Premier League owl. Hello, mate. How are you doing? Hi, mate. Thanks for having me on. No, no, it's it's, it's a pleasure. Um, you know. It's it's gone from you supplanting me to supplanting Raj, so you know I think I think it's, it's just me and Raj's way of keeping one another on our toes, mate. To be honest, I'm making you know. enemies all over the place. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> but, but probably outshining the pair of us. So no, yeah, no, 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 yeah. I'll ramble away about Tottenham incoherently yeah. for a couple of minutes. Uh, well, um, I, I suppose we should probably start on uh, start on the travesty that was West Brom this weekend. Yeah. Um it's nice. It's looking a bit uh, one day Ramos at the moment, wouldn't you say? Oh, dare wow. I say that? Dare wow. I say that's, that? I don't know. That's, that's, no, you, don't be that guy during Derby Week. No, no, no. Uh, you know what? It, it wasn't good. There's no real way of sugarcoating it. But um, what I've said all the way through Pochettino's reign, and I, I guess I have to stick with it, is this is a process. And like Liverpool, I mean, look, losing a home to West Brom is, is and losing it home to Liverpool are two different things but um, we're going to have days like this you know until until the players um, know exactly what's required of them and until everyone feels comfortable with the system within which they're playing sometimes you're just going to have days when everyone's out of sync and it looks like it did yesterday Um, and um, you grin you bear it and you hope it gets better Um, and it's important not to make the same mistakes that were made with with Villas-Bias because with him, the crowd was on his back within, I mean, a healthy proportion of the crowd was on his back within about three games. And I don't know, it's just nothing good happens after that. Well, it after sound, that. sounds like it was the same case uh, on the weekend, though, mate, to be honest. Um, from what I've, I, w- I wasn't actually at the game. Um, no, I was. I, I uh, had an awful stream with like piped in sound from like a La Liga game or something. It was, so I don't really know. But I mean, a, a lot of like my mates who who were there have told me that the the atmosphere was terrible and fans were on the on the players' backs um, pretty early. I mean, even from the even from the stream I had, I could hear one particularly obnoxious bloke just keep shouting throughout the game, "Rose, your shit, Rose, your shit!" Every time he was near the sideline and I just I mean I again you know I 
I used to sit. I, I used to sit next to someone like that. Well, not well, uh, two or three um, seats down from me a couple of years ago, and it's just like you just look at them. You think, why? Why do you even come to the football? I mean, you, you just you. you I don't know, you just it, sometimes you think fans don't get what it takes to take for 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 a manager to come in, completely change the playing philosophy of the side with new players as well in some cases. And you don't understand how long it takes. No matter how many examples exist within the Premier League era of managers coming in and you know uh, having an initial sort of uh, trial and error phase, and you know look at uh, Brennan Rodgers uh, since you know between the, the the period of time that elapsed between him being appointed by Liverpool and Liverpool becoming what well not what they are right now, but what they were towards the end of last season. It's not not an instant thing, and you know some fans just I don't know. You, you just you don't know what to say sometimes. It's just so counterproductive. It is. Um, I mean, what was your what was your main takeaway from the game? I mean, where do you think it did go so drastically wrong? Because to me, it just looked like we were completely toothless. Really, in, in the final third, we were just lacking any sort of imagination, and that's that's supposedly where we're at our strongest. You know, we've we've got this yeah. kind of like triumvirate of players up front that are supposed to kind of interchange they're all quite creative they're all highly versatile um but it just seems so muddled and just like no one is really in sync with one another yeah right exactly well i mean let's take the def- our defense out of it because that was just bad there's no analysis needed yeah. for it. it didn't play very well um but i reckon i think um you, i i think as will be the case whenever Spurs play badly under Pochettino, the problem is in centre midfield. Because his, his system relies on us getting the ball from deeper areas into those attacking zones. Sorry, this is going to sound really pretentious, this horrible tactical language. Um, but <laughs> the quicker you get... Say say uh, say someone like or Moussa Dembele picks the ball up 10 yards outside of our box... The ball needs to get into a, a Lamella or an Ericsson or a Chadley quickly because otherwise you're going to have banks of defenders who those players are playing against. You know, talking about their best. So I know like, it's only QPR, which is becoming a buzzword for a lot of teams this season. But <laughs> what worked in that game, despite how bad they were, what worked in that game was how quickly the ball moved up the pitch and how much, you know, how many times you saw Lamella or Chadley in isolation with a single defender. Mm. Right? And, and that's, that's how Tottenham need to play. And if like, the, the, the phrase you use, out of sync, is, is, is like, absolutely spot on because... When the, the pace of pace of the football is reduced, even even a tiny degree, you 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 prevent players like Lamella or Chadley or, or Ericsson getting into isolation with single defenders, and, and what that ultimately leads to is just the kind of slow paced, uh, lethargic football that 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 we got used to seeing under Villas Boas. You know, the kind of games where you, you play they they play Hull at White Hart Lane and they spend. 89 minutes waiting for them to give away a penalty that kind of football and yeah. that's that's absolutely that this team isn't set up to do that um you need lamella needs to be you know receiving the ball out wide and you know attacking uh, attacking the opposing penalty box with a numerical uh, advantage at hand so he's got a you know like a, 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 a three on five or a four on four or something like that just just because that's where the space is if you if you have uh, Mr. Dembele just... I mean, I, I did a little article today and, and I drew off one of those um, those uh, 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 graphics from uh, from Scorker. The amount of sideways passes he did during that game. I mean, you know, I, I watched the game and I, I thought, you know, his, his, 
he's you know just playing endless high percentage football across the pitch and there's no I don't know there's no no intent to go anywhere with the ball and um Tottenham can't play like that your your tweet during the match about Dembele was absolutely spot on that never before has there been a player with so much promise and so much potential who is just consistently oh. so disappointing as Mr Dembele oh it's heartbreaking Jack because it's he's such a good footballer I mean you look at him he's he's one of the most elegant players in the division um and yet Something inside him, which I don't know what it is. It's a mentality issue. He's just not comfortable being like he, he's someone that wants to to exist within the play rather than actually affect it. Um, and it's it's such a waste of talent. Um, it, it just seems so absolutely terrified of just having a shot or just just yeah. losing the ball. That it's it's always to his detriment. I mean, when we when we saw him. Um, against Leon a couple of years ago when he scored that like last minute leveller that was just he received the ball and he thought you know what fuck it it's it's the, yeah. the dying minutes just have a crack and he did it and he you know he hit a, a great shot and scored a scored a brilliant and crucial goal and I just think yeah. you've you've got that in you like you showed that when you were at Fulham you know yeah. you were such a dynamic quick paced sort of exciting football you know he'd actually been playing as a striker I believe for quite a lot of the time at Fulham as well yeah, he was a kind of supporting forward, wasn't he? Yeah. He was a, I remember he played um, in that, that cup game that, when Dawson got sent off and we, we got battered. He scored a, He was brilliant in that game. He just absolutely terrorised because we didn't know what to do with him. He sort of existed between the lines, between you know, the midfield and defence. And he was just, he was so aggressive with the ball, as I remember it anyway. But it's it's like you say now, it's like, you know, his, his ball retention is fantastic, but that almost just... <laughs> That just allows him to. Well, yeah, he. Yeah, when we're on the counter, he picks it up and then just kind of dallies with it for a bit. Yeah. Then they're kind of, yeah, the opposition get back, manage to get themselves into position, and then we're just, you know, we're we're, we're stuck again. Um, it's pretty turgid, but I, I have to give it to West Brom as well. It it wasn't a smash and grab victory. They no, they were very well set out and and organised and Julian Lescott was absolutely you know imperious to them as well like he was first game of the season as well Lescott which was I, I looked at that I looked at that West Brom team and I, I'd watched um, I'd watched uh, a couple of their games on um, you know that, that late night Sky Sports where they reshow the you know the yeah. Nines. yeah that and it, it, it was they were I, exponentially more solid than they had been at any other point in the season I mean they were just they were so much better and um, and Lescott was brilliant I um sadly. <laughs> it was whereas Kirakesh was not. Um I, I don't really want to jump on Vlad's back too much, but he he really is he's he's not he's I, not up to it at the moment. Well I, 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 I like him as a footballer and I when he first arrived we had that spell where we didn't concede when he was on the pitch for sort of four or five games. Yeah. And he, he looked he's great on the ball. At, I mean went at his best. He looks he's a he's a really good technical footballer, but the idea of, of him, who's not really, I don't know whether it's a confidence thing or a, a fitness thing or whatever, but pairing him with Kabul, oh. who is similar. I, I, he's just fallen off a cliff, Eunice Kabul. Yeah. I mean, from what he was in that uh, season before he got injured, he, was, he, looked, he looked like he was developing into a more muscular, more commanding Ledley King. Mm. Uh, well, I, well, I'll take that back. He was very, very good, but... <laughs> I would never, I would never, uh, no, I would never draw that parallel. Take that back. Um, <laughs> but he's, he is, he's not the same. And um, he just, he, I, 
when he when he was appointed captain, uh, my heart sank because I knew he was going to play in the most important games, and I just you just can't. I mean, the, the idea of him stepping out at the Emirates on Sunday on Saturday oh. is uh, is not not a good one. Do you think uh, all could be uh, not well with Vertonghen and Pochettino at the moment because? Seems to be that there's a, a well fears that he's being snubbed perhaps for Tongan. It was it's quite strange to see him on the bench when you have Kirikesh and Kabul out there. Um, I don't know. I mean, um, it, it is weird. Yeah, I, I mean, for Tongan on, on a talent basis, for Tongan's the best defender at the club. But yeah. I mean, if if Pochettino has an issue with him, then I, without knowing anything about, it, I'll happily side Pochettino. I mean, for Tongan's attitude is yeah. just. I, I, I had he. I, I, I think he's a really good player, and, and as a footballer, I mean, there's, you know, he's, he's one of the best defenders I've seen in the Premier League, carrying the ball from deep into midfield. He's, looks brilliant. He reminds me a little bit of a sort of uh, like a, a Lucio mm. um, type 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 player, but he, he just, um, I don't know, his 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 uh, his commitment to the club last season. I haven't, I haven't quite gotten over that. No, it's pretty uh, awful. Man. I think we got to be careful. You don't fall into this trap of. You know, just excusing because we obviously, you know, we're, we're merely speculating on this, but you, you can't excuse like a, a player's off-pitch behaviour if they've done something to cause, you know, umbrage with the with the managerial team. You can't just adopt this mentality of oh, but they're a great player, so it doesn't really yeah. matter if they, you know, do this or that. As we've seen with Adebayor and AVB, but I don't think we know the full ins and outs of what happened with him. And uh, I don't think we ever will. I mean, no. there's, always, there's always two sides. And you know what? With the Tongan, you know, we may have, there may have been a situation where he was, you know, uh, Levy has a little bit of a, a habit of, of promising things when a player signs to the club, what they can do in the future. And you never, you can never be quite sure. There's so much bollocks in the game from agents and the press. And, you know, it's, it's hard. But the only thing we can see is his application. And, um, you just, I can forgive a lot of things, and I can forgive Michael Dawson for not having any pace and for, you know, for being as limited as he was as a player. What you can't forgive is a player as talented as Yamba Tongan performing in the way he did. Because just like, come on, yeah, um, yeah. you know, it's just, uh, yeah, you can hear, you can, <laughs> you can hear my mood declining. As we talk no, about. I know, I know. Um, we got to try and keep try and keep the spirits up though. Because so, we've got, we got to speak to some, some Arsenal fans in a bit. But before we do, um, we do have a midweek fixture coming up yes. against Nottingham Forest in the Capital One Cup. Um, I dare say we're going to be playing a, a second, if not a kind of second stroke third string, if we even have a kind of third string, wouldn't you say? God, you'd, you'd, you'd hate to know what would be in that third string. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you, but, I mean, a few calls are like the, 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 the back four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. But the, the, the likes of Ryan Mason, so on and so forth. Um, can you see them getting a, a look in? Uh, well, I would have thought so, but I think Mason's playing in a youth game this evening, so I wouldn't have thought he'll be at best. He'll be on the bench on Wednesday because you wouldn't have thought he'll play twice in uh, in forty eight hours. Uh, I think like Carl Norton will probably end up um, playing on Wednesday, which is. In a way, shame because as, as much as I, I I do like Eric Dyer, I I almost feel dare I say it, I might rather see Norton play against Arsenal. You're lucky Dyer. I didn't just hang up on you there. You're yeah, <laughs> I, I refuse to ever talk to you ever again. I um I I, I you know what I, I I can't I can't talk about Carl Norton because I think I've just I think I've been prejudiced <laughs> against him. 
I, I've, I've, I've said so many negative things that I, I just, I don't know what's true anymore. It just, uh, it, look, I think Dyer's a really good player. I think, I actually think. Dyer is a very good player. Here, I, 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 and look, if this proves to be wrong, you're going to have to come back and delete this podcast. But, um, I think Dyer in four or five years will become a really, really good holding midfielder. Um, which sounds weird, but if you look at his attributes, he's a, re- he's a good footballer. Um, we've seen enough of him going, you know, uh, from fullback going forward. Um, and he's a good defender. And when you have that kind of player, like you can obviously play centre back too, but you have that kind of player. You look at what he could do in a kind of like, uh, you know, when, when Lenny King before he, um, before his knees fell off, um, <laughs> he was, he was one of the best holder, uh, defensive midfielders in the country. Yeah. I mean, he, he played, um, it was a, an England game. He played in, uh, I think it was against France in the year 2004. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely incredible, wasn't it? He, he, kept, he, kept, he kept the likes of Zidane and Omri in his pocket. Like, he Zidane genuinely did. At the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Just one in each back pocket, you know. Oh, and, and I think, I look, Dyer's no, no Ledley King. Um, you, but... you, you're liking comparing people to Ledley King today. Any, anyone else, Seb, at all? Perhaps. Well, you know, yeah, probably like... <laughs> Sure. Vertonghen. Yeah, mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Vertonghen is the anti Ledley King. Yeah, he is, isn't he? Actually, yeah, he's, uh, no. You, you've got to you've got to edit out these these Ledley comparisons because <laughs> he's, he's he's probably my favourite player of all time. So, um, um, but yeah, Dyer. I, I don't know. But as for tomorrow, as for as for Forrest, I think yeah, you'll see Norton and um, Davis presumably will go. Uh, we'll, we'll get a run out fullback, um, and I'd like to see that. I'd, I'd like to see uh, Fazio and uh, Stambouli play from the start um because you they just need to play yeah um and uh yeah see what they've got i i i, I watched a little bit of fazio for severe and um i i think it'd be i think it'd be great in the premier league because he's so big so physical um i'm not so convinced about his pace but i i don't know i don't know we'll we'll, we'll see but i'd like M- to see Murta Saka does okay so Murtasaka did okay but Murtasaka does okay having had like six months of like Continuous clusterfucks. I mean, he yeah. was like for that. For, this that is was, true. That was not a good. Uh, that was not a good. This is true. Start. So um, we'll see. But I, um, you know, Soldado, I guess we'll start. Um, and <laughs> 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 mentally scanning the depths of the squad now. Uh, it's tough, isn't it? Well, Ta- Townsend, perhaps. Yeah, you know, um, I like Townsend. I, I, I know why he doesn't play, but I think it, it, the thing with Townsend is if you if you gave him, he started like, he's, he's not him started, he's taken part in something like 40 Premier League games, uh, 40 games total for Tottenham, all competitions. And, you know, you imagine where he could be in 100, 150 games time. He's such a, if you could add intelligence, if you could, if you could give him a brain, you would, um, you'd have, you'd really have a player. Yeah, I mean, like Raj and I often kind of disagree on this, and I, I, I do, I understand the criticism of him that he, you know, he runs down blind alleys. <laughs> yeah, he does, but at the same time, he does. As we saw against West Ham, you know, he came on and he, he gave the opposition something to worry about, you know, because he's so direct and he does just run and he does, you know, whatever you say, he gets himself into position and he does, 
shoot a lot, which it, it does disrupt things. And, and players, but the players around him as well, it just gives them a bit more freedom. It, it means that the likes of Lamella, the likes of Ericsson, don't have to work quite so hard in kind of creating that space for themselves. Because when you have that kind of enigmatic presence on the field that can sort of dart in and out and look, yeah, because I think the thing about Townsend is he is always looking to get on the ball. That's what I, yeah, and that's what I don't think he gets enough credit for. He's always looking to be passed to. He's always creating an option for someone who's on the ball whenever he is on the pitch. Um, and I don't think many of us, I don't like, I think Lamella does that very well. I think he works very, very hard and he's always looking to get involved. Um, I, I, I don't know if Chadley does that as much as I'd like, um, even though he's very much our darling at the moment amongst a lot of the fans. But I don't know. I, I agree with you. I don't think, I don't think Townsend's um, as bad as people make out. And uh I just wish I knew what had happened to Aaron Lennon, to be honest. But oh, mate, that's, that's, uh, it's, that's good. it's long gone, that one, isn't it, really? He's going to end up at Hull, isn't he? <laughs> well, the collection of, collection of Tottenham players it just weren't good enough, yeah. yeah. Well, it'd be, it's such a shame, because I remember us saying you know, years ago, when, when you'd say things like, oh, but Aaron Lennon's only 21. Yeah. He was still, he was, you know, there was a time at Tottenham when if you didn't see Lennon's name on the team sheet, it would be a problem. Yeah, because you think right. Well, you know, but he's just—it's not. I think there's been a little bit of physical decline. So I don't think he's as quick as he was. But it's injuries, isn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah, it seems to take its toll. But also, he's never learned to do anything other than what he did when he first arrived. He—he yeah. he takes on a fullback. He—I don't know whatever it is that he does when he gets to the byline. Just I, swings his foot at the ball. Um, but it used to—it used to—it used to have an impact, and it used to trouble some of the best fullbacks in the division. But. If you do the same thing year after year, eventually people go, well, you know, you manager's game plan around that. And, you know, and he's just, there isn't a team in the country who would, you know, Aaron Lennon could, uh, could take by surprise anymore. And it's sad, really sad, because he could have, if he'd added, like, uh, if he'd learned how to effectively play on the other side of the pitch or, you know, or if he knew what to do when, when he cuts in field. Because at the moment, if he, if he cuts in off his wing, he just looks lost. He just, he, he doesn't know what to do. It's like it's like someone who's climbed a ma- climbed too far up a mountain, just just doesn't just looks completely, no, <laughs> completely afraid of his yeah. surroundings. <laughs> and this, and also just that the 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 ridiculous argument that yeah, but you know he gets back and puts in a tackle. It's like, but it's not what you want really from an attacking winger. Like it's yeah, it's all right. It's good that he works hard, but I'd rather say you know well you know he goal he goal hangs a bit, but at least he gets crosses in. At least he has shots on target not you know from your attacking supposedly you know dynamic winger that he gets back and puts in a defensive shift you know but i agree with you i I hate that too Um, but i mean it was worth pointing out that that side of his game has got better but it's just not enough to like yeah it's it's a kind of it's the the classic lennon apologist excuse it's uh i mean it's kind of it's born out of loyalty like people people saw him do a lot of good for a lot of years and, and now you know, they have that kind of, um, it's the, it's a sort of a, the equivalent of the Dawson thing. Like you like him and, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I can see us beating Forrest, but I wouldn't be surprised if we don't, to be honest. They're a good side. They they are. Are. They're not, they're not just uh, some, you know, championship fodder that are going to roll over and get beaten 3-0. They're a, they are a good, good team. Do they um, still have Chris Cohen? Because he seemed to play for them for years. And he was yeah, absolutely... Well, he went off. Um, he went off injured against uh, against Derby, I think. Um, and uh, 
So I don't, I, I don't know how serious that was, but I, I, I don't think he'll play. Um, but Asamba Longa is a very good player. Antonio is, uh, yeah, I'm powerful, sort of wide forwardy type um, who will um, who will cause problems. And uh, Andy Reid. <laughs> there we go. Big He'll fat shove Andy Reid. Back into a shirt and waddle uh, <laughs> out. And uh, yeah. Can you remember? Has anyone ever been more unfortunate than Reid playing for Tottenham during the um, during the Kappa shirt era? And they were just like, I mean, what are you doing to the guy? That's like that's just that's that, that's just that's horrible. That's just trolling. He really was like the thing about Andy <laughs> Reid is he really is that lad that like every kind of pub team would have one player that like had played semi-professionally for quite a while. So like, yeah. you know, they, they sort of let themselves go, but they were still quite decent. And he always looked like, you know, he, he was actually quite a talented footballer, but you could also see that he was probably quite talented at the, you know, the buffet cart as well, oh, you yeah. know? Yeah. 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 Up like a greyhound to the buffet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I feel, you know what? I, I, I always liked Danny Reed. I, I don't, he, I, he was never quite good enough to play um, at, uh, you know, beyond. He, he was never more than a, like a, a, a decent Premier League player. But he's a, you know, he's a, he's a good footballer, and he's he's in a team now that I mean, he's he's I don't know, he must be in his mid mid thirties now. Uh, but he um, he looks good at that level, um, and uh, yeah, he he won't he won't he won't stretch the pitch. He won't test the fullbacks, but he... Uh, <laughs> My stretcher shirt, though, you know. But, uh, <laughs> um, right, well, um, we, we do have a, a particularly horrible, or potentially horrible weekend um, ahead of us as Tottenham fans, if, if this weekend wasn't bad enough. Um, as I'm sure you all know, we are playing Arsenal. So uh, without further ado, let's, let's talk to some gooners. So I would, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to, but I have to welcome to Rule the Roost this week, Mr. Gene Oliver. Hello, Gene. How are you doing? Hello, mate. I'm good. Thank you. How are you, Jack? Yes. Well, I'm, I'm all right. Thanks, mate. I think maybe not so much after the game we've got coming up, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. And also we have Ollie, who you may know as at Pain in the Arse, which is a, an app name for you, mate. I'm going to be honest. It, it very much is. Good evening, guys. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. So, um, where to? Where where do you want to start on this one, Seb? Where's where? I I'm I'm not too hopeful. Are you? Uh, you know what? There's um, derby week's always the same because you always you always look at what's happened before. And you always look at what the team looks like, and it doesn't really matter. You always have a like a, a disproportionate level of optimism. Which usually disappears within about twenty minutes of the game starting, <laughs> but you, you you always do. You, it's, a, it's a derby. It's um it's all you know full of cliches about you know being a great leveler and anything can happen, which we kind of know isn't really true, but we <laughs> we, we, we choose to believe it for a couple of days more. Um, I feel okay. I um I feel I feel would have felt better had I not watched Villa Arsenal on Saturday, um, which I thought was um a little intimidating. Um, and then had I not watched West Brom Spurs on Sunday, um, but it's um, it's okay. I think, <clears throat> sorry, um, it's 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 the right time of the season to play Arsenal. Um, they're still it's still from far they look like a fragmented side. There's still a huge issue over their midfield, um, and 
the defensive problem is 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 very welcome as well. So I feel okay. I feel I've, look, I've I've felt far more negative going into a derby than I do this week. Are you guys shitting yourself about the prospect of having to face Polinio? <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, if you want to uh, take that one first, I think um, yeah, I'll, I'll go for that one, Ali. Um, I think the uh, the levels of, of smugness and, and shithousery from the Arsenal fans um, this week after beating Villa and, and watching you guys sort of implode against uh, West Brom is it's just setting us up for the massive fall that, <laughs> that, we're, that we're all dreading. Um, we're so smug about it all of a sudden because we've put in pretty much one decent performance all season. You, uh, you say we're, Ollie. It's, it's um, mainly I, you, mate, to be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Probably quite true. But um, no, I think there's... Um, you know, I was, I was at Villa Park uh, at the weekend and, and there was a definite um, level of optimism and, and a different vibe that, that we've had all season. Um, we've, we've been poor. You know, we, we nicked it against Everton. Uh, we did the same against Palace. Um, and really, the last decent performance we really put in was actually against City in the uh, in the Community Shield. I mean, there were spells of it against City at home, but you know, again, we, that, that, as soon as Debussy got injured and there was that frailty that's there that's always a concern for Arsenal. Um, and, and really, going to Villa and, and you know, especially having played away and played so terribly uh, in midweek uh, against Dortmund, it, it really lifted us. And it's that sort of feast or famine whole perspective that football fans have. It's you're either high as kites or you're in, in the pits of despair. You know, it's, there's never any mi- real middle ground with it. I've got to say, I do, I do love that conflicted feeling as a Spurs fan when uh, we kind of watch you being, you know, not let's not beat around the bush, humiliated by Dortmund, and you're sat there kind of like, ha, look at Arsenal getting smashed away at Dortmund in the Champions League, like <laughs> the premier <laughs> European footballing competition. What a load of mugs. Oh, <laughs> And then see us draw nil nil against yeah uh, nobody on Thursday, which I don't know. Not to call it. I think your um, your Twitter, your Spurs official Twitter account, put something out um, before your game against Partizan oh, saying no, something you'll no, no, like. Don't. No, uh, it's completely off they, limits. You can't use official account against us. <laughs> they, they failed to beat uh, English opposition in their last three games and, and failed to mention the fact that two of those were Arsenal. I think <laughs> something like that. I don't know if that's completely accurate. Um, I, but it's I, in that ballpark. I thought you were going to mention the the horrific vine they put out before the game. <laughs> have you guys that, that was that the favorite. one where they went around the pitch just like walking with the camera no it's the one when they they tapped some boots on the on a on i think it was a floor or a table to do oh god and then changed <laughs> to someone as if it was hugo Lloris wearing a hugo um wearing a tottenham goalkeeper's kit to provide that at the end but in between the cuts on the vines and stuff you've got someone saying yeah go on it's recording and all this it's oh awful. dear it's that awful um, production value was, was superb oh amazing amazing <laughs> and as you as you can imagine and, and the, the, the uh, yeah sorry mate. the beautiful confliction in between do we show the badge or the the sponsor yeah 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 so yeah, we yeah. show both as yeah. quickly as we possibly can yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how Gene, how how are you feeling about Arsenal at the moment? You 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 confident of a of a title race at all, perchance? Dare I say it? Well, uh, I'll be honest. At the start of the season, I would have said yes. But when when we're coming into it, you know, we signed good players early on, 
and we came into it and then obviously we started, you know, okay, um, Community Shield against um, City was a decent performance, obviously we won, still a friendly ultimately and then performances have been, you know, dropping ever since until Villa. Um, I'm not confident of a title race anymore, you know, I think City and Chelsea are just going to blow it off soon. But on the weekend, I think it's the best time for Tottenham to play Arsenal. I mean, despite beating Aston Villa, if obviously that had changed into a different game, I mean, we're really what we're playing a four-one-four-one, and you know, it's really just not clicking together. It's not coming out as sort of a prosperous formation for us. And despite Tottenham and being quite terrible, <laughs> bar, bar they perpetually, you know, yeah, their their QPR win. Um, I think I think I think they've got the, the best chance they'll have so far in the season to play Arsenal. I just uh, there's there's too much going against it. I've been too I've been too loudmouthed about Welbeck, about Özil, <laughs> and about those big flags that you wave every time you score. I, I can't stand no, them. No, I, I can't no, stand no. them. Guys. I'm sorry. They, they are bad. <laughs> They're almost as bad Euro- as the- European nights. You're just about allow it. Just uh, but but. <laughs> But you're, play, you're playing Norwich at home at three o'clock on a Saturday or something like that, and they're waving a flag because we scored a goal. Please, are they, they're just like their footsteps. Right from, what are those? Are they called tifos? Those things, the big inflatable, like like crazy fan things uh, that come up behind goals. Uh, no, tifos are the big displays that lift up, aren't they? What are the you, you know these things you they, you'll often see them at like about. dodgy second-hand car dealerships oh, and stuff like yeah, that. Inflatable wavy arm. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Always on Family Guy. Yeah, yeah. They they sometimes <laughs> in, you, you'll see it like random kind of European fixtures. There'll be a, a team that will have those going. But uh, um, is it is it all doom and gloom for for Özil at the moment? Because I mean, taking. The, the the Spurs glasses off if I can in a Tottenham versus Arsenal podcast. Um, he, I mean, he he hasn't looked that good, has he, guys? Really? No, nah, I think he hasn't. he's. Um, yeah, I mean, he's got un, you know, undoubtedly he's, he's he's quality and he's a top player, but um, mm. there's been a lot of things going against him. I'm, I'm not trying to make excuses for him, um, but you know, he's he's. He's made that career off playing, you know, that killer ball through. And when, you've, when you're playing that ball every week for Cristiano Ronaldo, you know, he's sticking it in the back of the net and suddenly you're getting three or four assists a game and you look like a world beater. When you're putting that same ball in for Giroud, who, well, let's be honest, doesn't even run um, and, and can't finish, suddenly, you know, he, he's not looking quite the world beater that he was. Um, so I think things have counted against him, but I don't think that excuses some of his performances. Not all of them, but certainly some of them. Do you guys think he? Um, sorry, Jack. Do you, do you guys think he's fit enough yet? Because every time, every time I saw Ozil last season, the first three months he was great, and then like obviously his his, his conditioning just fell through the floor. And he still looks the same player now. He still looks so willowy and weak, and and mm. he still seems he gets to about um, he gets to about an hour, and then he's done for the rest of the game. He still looks. I don't know. I mean, that's just a sort of. Maybe that's something I want to see rather than something that's actually there. But, um, <laughs> is that is that how you see it? I think I think with him playing on the left at the moment, he's been doing a lot more, you know, yeah. tracking. He's he's. I think there's been a few games where he's covered the most ground so yeah. far this season. So I mean, yeah, Villa was one of them. Yeah. So depending on how much you know training he's doing for fitness and regardless of like that, I mean, I think if he's playing every week, he's got to be fit. You know, we do have Kazora to play there. 
or any we you know considering we are playing the four one four one or four three three. You know, he's not he's not essential in that. If we're if we're playing the four two three one at a ten, you could drop him out and rest him if you really need. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So do you know? Well, he he does. I've seen he looks quite withered towards yeah. ends of games. So it's all it's, dependent. I, it's almost as if sometimes you, you you see the emphasis emphasis that it's being placed on him him when he doesn't have the ball when Arsenal don't have the ball and his attacking game seems to suffer as a result of that it's as if Wenger's got him over the summer and just said right you have to actually contribute something when we're not in possession and through his mm-hmm. effort to do that he I don't know just there's a a vibrancy even though he's not a dynamic player he's not a, a Cristiano Ronaldo he's a, a facilitator mm-hmm. but there's not that I don't know that um yeah effervescence to his football sorry that's a horrible phrase Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> that, that out, I'll, I'll put a little. I'll put a bleep over it so it'll yeah, get absolutely. people guessing. Like, what did he say there? Was it? You know. <laughs> Pretend I said something really offensive. So that's yeah. Just cut that. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd rather be seen as offensive than erudite. You know. Like. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's football, lads. You know, come on, wow. it's bants. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just, I'm, I'm gonna have like five minutes. <laughs> this is all too friendly at the moment, guys. Mm. Like, what's, what's, yes. what's going That's on? Shit. Let's get it going. Oh, okay, all right. Well, we've <laughs> never fin- we've never finished above you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't, we were talking about oh, that yeah. earlier again, weren't we? How? Like, how? How? I, I still just, I, I can't fathom this, that we finished above every other team that's competed in the Premier League now, aside for Arsenal. This hmm. is in the Premier League I, I think era, you've been a bit unfair yeah, there, yeah, there Jack. It, it's, yeah, it, that's, it's, it's not just the Premier League, you know, it's the whole of England. Let's not forget that. <laughs> um, that makes, that makes it so much the last better. Years. Is it the, yeah, last the last four years? years. I suppose, yeah, yeah in the Rioc yeah, years, tough. I think we maybe first couple of seasons of the Premier League, I think we finished above you, didn't we? So, yeah, suck on yeah, that. Never in the, uh, <laughs> the Wenger era, that's for sure. That's pretty depressing. Um, can you can you see that changing this year, Seb? <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, <laughs> the, the thing is, though, that I, I don't know, I, maybe I'm, I'm getting older, but it just... It doesn't quite bother me as much as it used to. Maybe I've just been worn down to the point where like, I no longer have any real fight left in me. <laughs> right. But I, um, it just, it's one of those things where I, over the years you've seen like really average, even, when to, even, even at that, towards the end of the Redknapp era, wasn't really an era, but his time at the club, you, Arsenal, were, Arsenal were shit. They just really weren't very good, and yet somehow there's always some circumstance which allows allows us to finish below them. It's just, it's, it's, it's weird it's, things it's, as well. It's like it's, it's, it's silly things like uh, like being being too up at the Emirates, and then mm. that that game that game <laughs> summed up what Tottenham were under Redknapp as well, and what they've been for most of the Premier League era. It's just sort of. Like Asukoti skying a clearance straight up in the air and things. It just, oh, and a horrific Alan Hutton back pass. Yeah, that's all Mate, it that, takes. That's all it that, takes. That's actually my. That's actually my. Well, the beginning of my favourite derby memory is. Uh, I was. Um, I dragged my then girlfriend to the pub to watch it, and um, and I made a bit of a spectacle of myself after Bentley scored. Um, <laughs> I haven't been back to that pub since. 
Um, and uh, and it was all fine. I could deal with the three. I, I could deal with it being three one. Um, and then that Hutton back pass that led to Van Persie scoring. I walked out um, and and uh, went out to I don't sulk, cry, whatever. And um, <laughs> I know I was walking back to the bus stop. I saw the I um, I walked past the window of the same pub, and I saw Janice running back to the halfway line with the ball after he he'd um, he'd had his finest moment in the Tottenham shirt. And um, and then and then Lennon's equaliser. It was it was probably one of the top five. This is how pathetic my life. Was still <laughs> comfortably, comfortably one of the top five happiest moments of my life. You know, when I was like yeah. uninhibited, just like you know, your average pub on a. I think that was that was a, was a Tuesday or a Wednesday night that game, and your average pub is split so fifty fifty between people who are, are actually engaging with the football and people who are just sitting there with pints or eating food or whatever. And um, mm. and for whatever reason, it's like full of Tottenham fans who just exploded into like hugging strangers. Doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. Uninhibited happiness, and um, oh, so that yeah, a last-minute draw is, <laughs> is, is, my, <laughs> is my happiest derby memory. Do, do, do you know what I mean? Though, sir? I sometimes think that because I think yeah, like that that four-four was amazing, and Danny Rose's goal was amazing, and I think like what can the Arsenal fans choose from? You know, aside from like going a whole season unbeaten. <laughs> signing our beloved captain and then winning the double with him or you know that that our then beloved captain i should say not anymore it's just, it, it, it kind of you can't talk about your favorite derby moments of the tottenham fans it makes you sound pathetic it's just like <laughs> these tiny little nuggets of, of of satisfaction that you have and and i don't know it's just you know the, you, you get like one david bentley moment for Nine Thierry Henry goals. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just for every meter he slid in front of your fans. Yeah. <laughs> that, that 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 was a disgrace. He should have been sent off for that. I, I maintain that now. I mean, it's not in the spirit. We, we of the just game. we just immortalized we immortalized him in the statue for it. You know, as you do. So yeah. Well, we, we've got loads of pictures on social media of people that have gone up and put a Tottenham scarf on it, lad. So, again, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so in, in a way, we win. Really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those, those images are digitally immortalised. Your yeah. statue can, you know, be, oh, I'm just going to shut up. I'm going to stop talking about this. Um, we'll always have Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> How's Aaron Ramsey getting on this year, lads? Oh, God. Poorly. Really? Yeah, um, I, I just, think the, the big on, thing. Go on, Ollie. You, you, you crack on. Oh, um, well, despite him scoring, what was it? The first two games he scored him. Mm. Um, mm. He's just. I don't think he looks fit. I mean, we we're talking about Erdogan not looking fit. I don't think he looks quite up to it. You know, his passing is wayward. I mean, especially well, who was it against Aston Villa? He knocked one out for a corner under no pressure whatsoever. You know, he just doesn't. His head doesn't seem to be that in the game you know he's not he's not playing on his instinct he's not playing in the zone as he was last season I mean he just seems to be drifting a little bit and I don't know whether it's because of the new formation and Arson so desperately trying to incorporate um Wilshire or whatever mm. it is but he yeah. just I think that he, I think that's mm. what it is personally no, I think if you look at last season Wilshire struggled and, and Ramsey was the was the man and mm. 
pre-season uh, there's all this talk how's Wilshire ever going to get a game where's he going to play mm. he's going to end up at West Ham and you know all this kind of stuff <laughs> um, we've changed the system to stop these batterings away from home we've gone this 4-1-4-1 or whatever you want to call it um, and suddenly Wilshire is looking like the player we all think he you know he should have been and, and Ramsey's looking you know a bit lost in it and at, and as you say, I think you're absolutely right about the fitness. I don't think he's quite there. And I don't really know why, because he had the longest pre-season out of all of them. He didn't go to the World Cup. Mm. He, 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 does, he does play almost 90 minutes every game as well. So, and mm. it's just, unless he's got like a couple of niggles or something like that, because Jack Wilshere seems to be much fitter than he is. So mm. whether they're just going to have a completely different season, you know, completely polarise and swap it over. So, it seems it to be it seems to be that cliche thing, and you you see so many Arsenal fans crying out for it, and you see. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Yeah, even neutrals commenting on the fact that you just seem to lack that midfield enforcer still. It seems to be that one mm-hmm. thing that Wenger never picks up. Um, and you could imagine, like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not as convinced by Wilshire as a lot of Arsenal fans seem to be, but that might just be Tottenham bias in me because he's a <laughs> he's a particularly unpleasant character in the Tottenham mm-hmm. fan psyche. But with Aaron Ramsey for for example, you know, he's an inoffensive guy aside for the horrible kit that he wears. Um <laughs> and he like last year looked absolutely incredible. He looked like one of the best players in the league, head and shoulders. Um mm-hmm. and do you ever think it's like it's it, well it, it's must be detrimental to to his game and, and his development that he's having to almost sort of double up as a kind of defensive and attacking player all in one. Whereas if you had someone that could just stay back and kind of sweep, you know, be it even someone like, you know, if you, if you manage to somehow get Diaby fit to play in midfield, or if you, or if you, re, if you actually, if you re-signed Alex Song. I always thought Song, you were a funny guy, Jack. Yeah. Or if you re-signed Alex Song, for example, you know, mm. Surely that would be better than just think, not having anyone there that cannot operate think, in that. I mean, it's, it's, a phrase, it's a phrase I absolutely hate because it used to just be known as a midfielder, but nowadays there's this thing called box-to-box midfielders. Oh, um, we, we got one of those. You know, Polini, I mentioned yeah. him earlier. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's played that role last season. And, it, and it, you know, we all saw what he did, you know, especially in the FA Cup final. Oh, had to get it in there. Um, so... You know, he's he's played in the system and it just worked and everything was clicking for him. You know, he's come back and there's obviously been some changes. And I just think he's he's just not quite found it yet. And I like to think that we saw enough quality in him last season that he can adapt to a system. But 
know, we, we, we reverted back to the old system against Villa and, and he looked better. He still didn't look as he did last season, but he definitely looked better. But I mean, then again, the whole team did and it's, it's not difficult to look better than we did against Dortmund. So I don't know, I, th- I think the quality's there. I think he just needs to find his form again and you know, we'll see what happens. You could do with a little bit of stability behind him as well because that Dortmund game was just like, it was like playing with no midfield. Just yeah. players running through the middle of the pitch at 40, 50 yards with the ball at their feet. And uh, if you, like, I, I don't know, but if, if I was an Aaron Ramsey type player, like, I, feel, I feel my chance of making an impact uh, offensively be a hell of a lot greater if I, had, if, I, if I was secure of what was behind me. If I thought that Arteta and Wilshire between yeah, them could... I, I don't know. I just I look at that. That's what that's what I see when I see Arsenal. I see Arteta's like physically not really. He's, he was never really at any point in his career like someone who's going to you know really a, a ball winner. Mm. Somebody had the sort of physicality to contest possession. But Wilshire, watching Jack Wilshire play football is like watching a, a child run around the playground with a football. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it, like, he's really, like technically, he's really gifted, and he yeah all that Barcelona in two thousand eleven, all that stuff, great. But like, he doesn't. He just doesn't seem to have any appreciation for kind of what to do when he doesn't have the ball already mm-hmm. and he, he's a, he'll, he'll carry the ball into a congested area give it away and then jog fall back over. yeah fall over get injured <laughs> mm-hmm. and then and then nip, nip behind the bike sheds for a fag yeah, <laughs> yeah. see that's banter that's that, excellent. That, was, that's... That, was, that was kind of that was dad level banter wasn't that's, it really like, like, <laughs> like with a parody account that was that was that was not a good moment Jack um, <laughs> And he just, yeah, he's, uh, I don't know. But again, that's maybe Spurs bias, but I just, Wilsh is just, he's a liability. Uh, as good as he is, well, I can hear that in your voice. As good as he is, <laughs> and, like, and, and as capable as he is, occasionally of like, darting into a box and going between an opponent or uh, putting a ball behind a, a, through a centre-back pairing or whatever, he just, it's a kind of a balance between what he gives you and what he takes away from you. And it's, mm. I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't feel good about that if I was Aaron Ramsey. Put it <laughs> but at least he hates Tottenham, eh, guys? Yeah. <laughs> I, think I, was, I was talking about this to someone earlier. I think yeah, North London derby is what it is, and we all know what it's about. But I think, and again, this could be a biased thing, but I think more of our players know what it's about than your players. Oh, 100%. I think I agree if, if you look yeah, through definitely. our team, there's there's people who really know what it is to hate Tottenham, blah, blah, blah. Um, and there's people in our team that you guys just absolutely hate, like Wilshire, like Chesney. You know, I look at your team and, you know, I put my Arsenal glasses aside and, you know, hate them all. They're all dickheads, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But I don't really hate any of them because mm. they're just yeah. so nothing. And they're I just, think that's why so many Tottenham fans hate most of our players, you know, <laughs> for that exact reason. <laughs> But it's it's true. We, we I mean, unite together as North London to just mutually hate all your players. Well, I, I was I was making this point the other day when you know someone was saying what's what's kind of wrong with Spurs at the moment. You know, we don't we don't seem to have this identity, and it's true. I mean, even in even in like the the nineties, you know, there are always kind of we always had a hero, as it were. There was always like Teddy Sheringham or Sol Campbell, dare I utter his name, <laughs> um, and after that, Ledley King, but. At the moment, you know, with Dawson going, and he he wasn't even on that level at all. He didn't unite fans like the three aforementioned. But it just feels like now, you know, we've we kind of rally behind Lloris because he's easily our best player. Um, 
And, you know, there's kind of there's a, a bit of excitement every now and again for Ericsson, but that seems to dissipate with every game um, where he's not absolutely amazing. And he, he just feels at the moment there's no real figurehead there at Spurs. Um, like even Sandro, everyone kind of fell out of love with um, amid like reports of him not really playing that, not really, uh, you know, buying the line off pitch and all all, all that kind of stuff. Um and it's just it's it's a it's a very strange time to to be a Tottenham fan. I feel because, I mean, I, I'm I, I can have a propensity to be a bit knee jerk and said you know after the Wigan after Wigan after the West Brom game that uh, it, it kind of feels a bit like late nineties early two thousands Tottenham again at the moment pre Yol um, where we kind of had like Rebroff in, you know, I guess like Lamella is sort of comparable to that Rebroff figure whereby there's glimpses of promise and it was a really expensive signing. It feels like we want him to be, you know, doing a lot better than he is. And then just a whole load of players around it that are just kind of there that, you know, I, I, I don't really look through Tottenham's team and say like, people like to jump on the likes of Danny Rose and so on and so forth and say like, he's shit, you know, like he's awful. He's one of the worst players. And I, I, I don't think Rose is that bad, but I just don't think he's that good. And I think that that's the problem. Like we have so many of these players that are just kind of, they're, they're almost just like, I, I don't know, like, it sounds a bit silly to say, but career footballers, they're kind of people that know they have a bit of ability and thus have managed to carve out a Premier League career, but they don't seem to actually like be that in love with the game or I don't know. I, what do you, am I miles off Seb, do you reckon? Or? No, I don't think so. I think, I think it's like, there's a, there's this identity thing. Is it, you look at, you look at a lot of these players and, um, and there's not a lot to, you, you Especially around the week of a derby, you, you want to have a handle on some of the players and have a, you know, a belief that there's something in there that either you know signifies that they care almost as much as you do, or that they're capable of doing something. And, and this this team, like, if you, if you were to kind of if you were to produce like a, a collective highlight reel <laughs> from this current squad, that wouldn't that wouldn't really last very long, because it's just you know someone like Danny Rose is. Danny Ray is a really good example because he's one of those players that if you watched him across 90 minutes, if you're going to a game and you knew he was playing, someone could say to you, all right, well, his, his generic Tottenham performance is have one or two moments when he looks like a, a reasonable standard Premier League player and one or two moments you just think it was just inexplicably bad. And that's kind of a metaphor for the entire team. Like there's no one who gives a, like a really consistent level of performance. There's no one that you can say to you know, when you're going to a place like Arsenal, yeah, well, we know we'll get a performance out of him or him or him or, okay, Dawson might be terrible, but Ledley King's standing next to him, so it's okay. There's, there's no one like that. And there's no one who you might think, I don't know, he's going to go run straight through the back of Wilshire and get himself sent off within 10 minutes, which is kind of something you can forgive around a derby because it's like a, a tangible proof of some kind of desire. But this this side just looks like a, I don't know, like a, yeah... It's just very. There's nothing. There's nothing you can really grasp to. There's nothing. Nothing that resonates with it, really. Uh, mm. I, just, I think from yeah, an I Arsenal to... point of view. Sorry, sorry I was just going to say from an Arsenal point of view. I I look at your starting lineup and there's nothing more to be afraid not, of. That there's there's no fit. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly that. I mean, Ericsson last season, yes. Ericsson this season, no, not really. Mm. <laughs> he, he's not really lived up to anything like what he was doing last season, bar the odd set piece. Um, there's, you know, you used to have uh, 
know, Van der Vaart and, you know, these people going forward, you think, yeah, yeah, they, they could they could do us a bit of damage here. You know, if we, if we get caught asleep, it's, you know, it's 1-0. Now you're thinking, I, I realise I'm going to fall flat on my face saying this, but you know, where, where's the danger really yeah. coming from? You know, Ericsson, yes, he, you know, he's certainly capable. We've seen flashes of Lamella this season and Adlerbayor is going to do that classic thing of scoring against his old team, of course. Or, or getting sent off. As really, he... <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. But there's, there's, as an Arsenal fan, I don't get scared going into a, a North London derby as much as I certainly did, you know, under Redknapp where you had those guys going forward and, and you were really quite dangerous and you played some really good-looking football as well with such pace. Also, that, that team didn't rely on, like this team, it, it, it almost, uh, it's, it's really early, it's five games gone, um, but across all of those games, the notable thing is that a lot of players have to play well for the team to form to an acceptable standard. It break this, like The system Pochettino's put in breaks down really easily. Uh, if you see, like, on, on, yesterday, you see sort of the way Mr. Dembele used the ball and how slow and pedestrian and predictable it was. The entire team suffered as a result around him. I don't want to, like, um, persecute Mr. Dembele, but it's just you, you, Tottenham now don't have someone that go, all right, we're not playing well, but you know, give the ball to Bale, give the ball to Modric, give the ball to, you know, a, a Van der Vaart, and they can kind of do something which changes the momentum of a game. There's nothing there in this side that makes me think, okay, you know, you need like eight or nine players in complete uh, to be, uh, this, is how, this is how frustrating it is. I can't even think of the word to describe it anymore. Um, but it's just, it just, it feels like a Tottenham kind of a, a sum of their parts team now. That's how it feels. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's watching the, the West Brom game, there's, was that, I wasn't particularly happy to sell him in the first place, but it's the kind of occasion where I, where I thought, you know, even someone like Sigurdsson would come on here and present something of a threat, you know? Yeah. Um, and that that's, I know there's always that grass is always greener mindset that a lot of people had when we say sold on Huddlestone. I think it probably was the right time to move Huddlestone on. Um, but, oh, God, yeah. Yeah, oh, but absolutely. like Sigurdsson, he was never, you know, he was never a world beater, but you still always knew there was a goal in him at least. And he, he proved that consistently that he, he, he could pop up with goals. Um same he's with a big grounds as well. He scored that. Uh, he scored the equaliser up at Stamford Bridge last uh, two seasons ago, which is which, that's the kind of character you need. Someone that's willing to. Uh, too many of our players, you, you you put them, you think anyway. You put them uh, in an Old Trafford or a, an Etihad or an Emirates type environment. You just think, have you? Do you really have that much conviction in your own ability to go and go and change this game? That's what I worry about. And, I, and I, that's. Kind of what Soldado was supposed to be, isn't it? But when uh, you know whatever's happened there, yeah, no, I heard it, whoever that was scoffing in the background. But it's true, <laughs> you know. It's, <laughs> where are the goals in our team? That's 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 ultimately it's, it's the problem. Impressive. Not from Goldado, that's for sure. Go- <laughs> yeah. Hashtag dare to Harry Kane. That's uh, <laughs> maybe. I've gone in from like oh disproportionate enthusiasm in a derby week to well this is all shit. We're done. <laughs> Within 20 minutes of this podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to be a service there, Seb. Yeah, just call me the energy vampire. That's, you know, I'm, I'm good at doing that. Sell all the players, bulldoze the stadium. Mm. So. <laughs> I'd still might have something to say about that. <laughs> um, all right, let's, uh, let's go to a couple of our listener questions. I think we should be able to find some that aren't just like, 
ask them why they're dickheads or something like that. <laughs> um, so, so We've had one from uh, at Davids or Davids, either way, THFC, um, that says, do you really rate Chesney or not? I'll, I'll, I'll caveat this as well, because we spoke to, to um, Jeff of Arsenal um, last year, and he he's just, you know, he was like comfortably, Chesney's a far superior keeper to Lloris. And I was just saying, you know, are you, are you just, are you trolling us, Jeff? Are you trolling us? He was like, no, 100% Chesney is far superior to Lloris. And, I, I mean, say that on, on, my, on my Twitter as well. Real, real conviction behind it as well. I mean, are, are we just blinking? Because for me, like the the only strength I see that we have over Arsenal is probably the keeper, and that's that is honestly that's the only thing I can see that we have over you at the moment. But you guys agree or not? You don't have to. Uh, <laughs> no, I do agree. I think Lloris is probably, you know, probably second or third goalkeeper in the league, give or take. Um, Chesney is good. And he will be better. You know what? He's 23, 24 now. Um, he's got the height. He's got the... Well, I say he's got the brains. That's probably his only letdown at the moment. Um, technically, he's very good. You know, reflexes. His distribution, however, is pretty tragic. Um, he does get very cocky. So, obviously, his mentality. I do think he's like he's a brilliant shot stopper. Don't oh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Brilliant yeah. shot stopper. Um, but I, he, he's... Like, we were referring to him before... Um, He's one of the players that every Tottenham fan hates because he is so cocky. You know, he speaks up a lot, whether it's an interview or anything on, or when it used to be on Twitter. You know, he's very loudmouth, and I get, I get the essence. He plays like that, and I mean, as he get, as he gets older, he'll get more composed and it'll become more natural, and he won't be so um, boisterous. But Lloris, undoubtedly, much better goalkeeper. Um, I, I was, I was really quite depressed when he. When we'd been linked with him for what two continuous seasons, when we still had Almunia um, and Fabianski, and Chesney was still a bit younger, and then he goes from you to to, to you, should I say? That was a low point. I kind of, I, I, what I didn't particularly like, and it's kind of, it's just been kind of forgotten by by Spurs fans. Was the whole thing? I, th- I think it was like Koscielny, um and Giroud when they were like, we've been speaking to Hugo Lloris, and he said he. Yeah. I think one of them tweeted out like, we've been talking to our boy Hugo and. He he would be up for a move to Arsenal kind of thing, and then like a couple of days later, Hugo Lloris like this really official like statement came out from from <laughs> Tottenham, just being like Hugo is categorically denying any blah blah blah. You know that kind of when mm. he probably just between mates has probably said to them, you yeah, know, for fuck's sake, what I really made a mi- I really made yeah. a mistake joining this lot, didn't I? You know, like, um, <laughs> But that that was for, for me in, in terms of the the comparison of the two. I think yeah, Larice is the better goalkeeper. But the only thing I'd add to what Ollie said about Chesney is kind of what he was alluding to. He's just capable of that that moment of stupidity, which I'm hoping isn't a sort of uh, a layman syndrome thing where he he'll just do it all through his career. But it's just the fact that he's a bit young, he's a bit cocky. Um, and he just needs to calm it down a little bit, and hopefully he'll he'll get that out of his game as as he gets a bit older. Because he's only like twenty five, twenty six, isn't he? I think he's he's older, probably not. He's, I think he's about two or three years younger than Larice. About two years, I think. Yeah, because people are, people tend to forget that Chesney's actually really young still as well. Um, I he's been around for a long time. He's yeah, twenty four. Bloody hell! 
apparently, according to whoscore.com. Yeah, well Googled. <laughs> Thank you very much. You know, you know what, with him, the way, when he plays, you always think that the harder... The harder the, the 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 save or you know whatever it is that he has to do, the better he is. It's almost as if when when it when it gets easy, when he's you know he he receives a back pass or he's got a simple cross to take, that's when he really struggles. Like he gets bored, and he made, he's made um. Mm. I, mean, I don't know how many North London derbies he's, he's played now, but he's he's made a mistake in almost all of them, um, and weird mistakes as well, like that Carl Walker shot he let in and. Fumble off the foe to to let Adebayor score, and the cross he dropped at Chad taking a selfie. Taking <laughs> <laughs> world class selfie ability. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was. oh yeah, and and the fact that he had in the background, it's all about the glory. Was was a beautiful moment. Yeah. <laughs> that's not. That's not pretend. He was smart enough to do that deliberately. That was, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna hang up on you in a minute. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> <way. laughs> Uh, um, we've had one from Elliot Graham at Elliot for ill for ill. Yeah, whatever. Um, it, well, his, his actual question is their opinion on the current squad comparison one to one, which might take a bit of time. So I'll just shorten it to, is there anyone else you take from our team aside for Lloris? <laughs> what straight into the first 11? Say say the 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 match day squad. Match day squad, without a doubt, Christian Eriksen. Um, whether that be in replacement of Kozola or Rizisky, um, Christian Eriksen would be probably the first name I'd go for. Yeah, agreed. Um, that and given our defensive frailties, I I might take a punt on on uh, on Dyer. Yeah, he looks pretty good to start with, and, and we have six defenders at the whole club. Um, no Vertonghen. And, and what? <laughs> no, genuinely, well, he, you wouldn't he, take Vertonghen. The tong. Didn't he? Yeah. Didn't he turn us down for you lot? Apparently, well, that's what you lot seem to think, anyway. Perhaps I think, but like, I think Dennis Burkamp was a Spurs fan, wasn't he? No, no, he wasn't. <laughs> he just, well, he just liked Glenn Hoddle, didn't he? Change yeah. that too. Right. Mm. Um, you, you swallow that, dear. <laughs> it's got a statue. Can't be true. A really weird statue as well. I'm going to be honest. Mm. That one. It's quite. A, it's quite an odd pose, like the pole and. Yeah, statues with poles aren't good statues. You don't. I, like, I understand the, the need for the ball to be in there, but you know, really. Look! Look! At, look at you looking for anything to slag us <laughs> up. Statues with poles aren't good statues. I've heard it all now. <laughs> The fact is that, that that particular post was from one of the best goals scored in the Premier League history. I mean, it really was. It was just an incredible piece of skill. And the touch was ridiculous. But, I mean, people forget about how good the finish was as well. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, it is a little bit weird, I'll give you that. But for a moment as a player to immortalise you know, in a statue, I think you'd struggle to pick a better one for him. I'd just like to comfort myself thinking that, you know, the moment that goal was being scored and what's been immortalised, he was just thinking, you know, I wish I was doing this in a Tottenham shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Perhaps not. Um, Learn that bit of skill from like a Tottenham compilations goal. Yeah. From like the 80s. <laughs> what would Hoddle do with this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> not one of you has said that he didn't mean it. 
Because that's the usual. Oh, I think, yeah. It's just, again, again you can't, I, I, you can't I, even I, bring yourself to say it. You're not even going to troll that hard. You, you I've, know I've made the point about the poll and the statue. Yeah. I'm done. I'd like, I'll, I'll save that for another day. <laughs> we, we've been bitter spuds. and what, What's that about as well? Spuds, I'm sorry. Like, no, it's, it's not good. It's not that good at all. It's not good. It's not good. Um, what one thing I'm... I don't, I don't mind spunts, but you know, yeah, <laughs> that's just that's just crass. Ollie. You, know, you never you never hear anything like that coming out of the Spurs fans. We're a classy oh, bunch. Of we not. are, yeah. you know. Classy, and uh, yeah, well, speaking of speaking of a, a mutual appreciation of classy fans, um, just to, just to touch on briefly, it's a very very big subject and probably not one that we should spend too much time on. Um, so it could be a podcast of its own, but the. LGBT flag made its debut um, at White Hart Lane this weekend. Mm. And uh, it's had uh, a very mixed reaction from the Tottenham fans. Um, Disappointingly mixed, actually, in my opinion. Um, That's something I know you'd speak out quite a bit as well about, Ollie, um, at at Arsenal with with like the Gay Gooners initiative and stuff like that. Yeah. is is it you know is is it going to get any better? Because I, I'll be honest, I've been pretty disheartened by some of the stuff I've seen. Probably naive of me to think that you know we wouldn't see people say like burn the flag and all this kind of stuff. But I have done, unfortunately. Oh, really? um, is there people saying that? Yeah, yeah. There's been a few of those. Been a few of those. Bad things. I've seen. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Luckily, I no one I follow, but stuff that's been retweeted and things. So yeah, um, I mean, we had the same thing. Um, when our very similar banner uh, made its uh, appearance. Um, and it continues, you know, just the other week we had the whole um, Stonewall campaign. I'm sure some of you will have seen the, uh, the Paddy Power advert yeah. with um, with our players in the dressing room and Giroud being his, his gorgeous self and, you know, Arteta with his hair and, and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah, I mean, there's there's been some really quite horrible abuse aimed at people for it. Um the irony of it being that the people that say there's no need for it are, are the exact reason that there is a need for it. Yeah, um, quite right. Quite right. And, and they can't see it. And and you hear all these arguments about it, you know, why is there no straight white male oh, banner? And... Well, <laughs> um, but one of my personal favourites is, is, is football is, is no place for, for politics. And, and, you know, people want to go to watch football and don't want this kind of stuff involved. And, Things we all know football has a global reach and you know, people of, of all walks of life enjoy football. Um, and that's what's so great about it. You know, all you need to do to have a game of football is a ball at the end of the day. So it, it can just appeal to so many people. And, uh, and football absolutely should use its global reach to do good in a wider community, um, be that sort of local or, you know, or global. Um, so I think for football not to get involved in things that aren't football related would just be a waste of, of the appeal that it has. Um, you know, if you think about what football does away from the pitch, um, there is an awful lot going on. I don't think a lot of it's really seen very much. I mean, no. the Arsenal have a, a, um, a community programme that's been going for over 100 years. Um, you know, the story's back from, from 1912 when we raised £100 for the Titanic disaster. You know, it goes back that far. Yeah. Um, and more recently, we raised £800,000 for, uh, you know, for Great Ormond Street Hospital. And, you know, football can do good away from the pitch. Um, and if that includes things like you know helping beat things like homophobia, you know, or racism, or whatever it may be, in and around the football community, then not only should it do that, but you know, it would be a tragic waste of their influence if they didn't. 
Yeah, really well put that. You know, because football has this sort of, because football provides a context, it has like a curing power over some of these things. Because football, for some people, football is the only thing that they can that they can use to relate to to bigger topics. Not necessarily because of like an intelligence thing, just because of they don't, you know, they don't get exposed to it that often. Um, it's quite right, and so you know, to have that stage. Um, which is so visible, and not use it would be would be criminal, be dreadful. I, I also think like uh, when you when you consider like what an, uh, you know the archetypal view of a football stadium is is a load of homophobic white working class men. Essentially, the kind of setting in which you know something like homosexuality is not widely accepted. And I think having you know the flags there is is a is a sign to not only you know show gay fans that they are welcome in in football stadiums because I don't, I don't think it's it's that drastic anymore that you know many gay football fans would would have that view that they're not welcome they're going to get beaten up if they go into a football ground and stuff but I just think it helps show a lot of people who maybe look at football quite disparagingly from the outside and they can they can you know see a game that's on TV see a, a a pride flag in a stadium and be like, oh, actually, you know what? That game that we, you know, we've seen all those kind of like fuzzy highlights from the 80s and 90s where you know, you've got England skinheads punching one another's <laughs> you know, brains out in outside of cafes in Paris and stuff like that. And actually now it's the, the sport is moving on um, and yeah. this kind of stuff is, is acceptable. And I think as well, <laughs> one of the big things about it as well is that there's – you know, this one of the things that's so overlooked is that people say, you know, homophobia is not a problem. I mean, this is one of the things that people have said. In all my years of going to games, I've never heard any homophobic abuse, and homophobia isn't a problem in football anymore. Yada yada yada. And I know it's not all down to the crowd, but at the same time, why are there not more openly gay footballers? You know, if yeah. it's if it's not a problem, why aren't there? In, I, I think I think think Jack, just on, on what yeah. you're saying there, a lot of that's come from from Tottenham fans. I think. If if we talk about, and I know you probably don't want to, but if we talk yeah. about Sol Campbell for a minute, um, <laughs> some of the songs that are you know reportedly been sung towards Sol Campbell no, about being homosexual, yeah. um, I think is you know obvious proof that there is still homosexuality, uh, homophobia even in football. Um, so I think it's it's an important issue, um, and I think I don't want to open up a can of worms and make this podcast five hours long, but. What surprised me most about Tottenham's reaction to it is that you guys last year went through a massive campaign about the Y word and about how there were a select group of people within your fan base who felt they were being targeted. So you all stood together as one and said, you know what, this isn't okay. We're not going to let this happen and we're going to fight this. So to have another group of people now, although, Completely agree. Not, you know, religious, yeah. yep. you know, not based on religion, but based on sexuality, who are saying, actually, we feel like we're being, you know, a little bit sort of marginalised by the fan base. Can you guys all stand with us? To now have Tottenham fans of all, all people to say, no, fuck off. Don't want to know if you're gay. Don't want to know what you do behind closed doors. I find really surprising. Yep. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. But yeah, same. Yeah, yeah that's, that is a good point. True. Very, very good point. Uh, you, you can't really say anything in, in, in response to it. It's just correct. Mm. I mean, um, the, only, the only thing I will say to, to close this one off is, uh, I guess, if we could take it, take the negative spin off of this, I think it's you know, it's credit to both of the clubs that they are so supportive of an initiative like this. Um, 
mm. when there aren't many. So I think it's yeah, something we definitely. can we can both be proud of from uh, from a, a split North London perspective. Um, North London pride and all that. Well, there we go. Mm. There we go. There Actually done. Just to we'll, we'll finish on the on the game itself. Um, how how do you see yourselves lining up, Gene? Well, uh, what the starting eleven? Yeah, and just how do you think you're gonna? Are you gonna go for it? Do you think, or are you gonna play a cautious game? Um, well, at home in the North London derby, I could I could never imagine Arsenal Wenger being um, tame and going for a you know defensive minded game. Um, I would be incredibly disappointed let alone very surprised if we went for um, a cautious game. I think it'll bring out all the starting eleven, you know, the full team, full works, and just hit Tottenham where it hurts um, and just get in behind that midfield because, you know, I haven't really watched Stan Bully yet. Don't know much about him. But... Neither have we, to be honest, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and then, obviously, you know, your defence isn't as strong as it could be it's very disjointed i mean um when someone quoted it to me before they just said it's just four blokes yeah. <laughs> i love that expression <laughs> i love that one <laughs> tottenham's defense just four blokes <laughs> and they can re- you can't really actually add much more than that you know whoever you put in as a defense it's going to be similar to that um what i am worried about is how arsenal will be pressed by Tottenham under Pochettino because whenever we played Southampton the last two seasons, we struggled with that. So if he's, you know, trying to incorporate that a little bit stronger this weekend, I think that could be a task, especially in the midfield we possess, which doesn't really have any, you know, bulky. It's just a little bit of a side pass and this and that to try and avoid it. But um, I, do, I do think we'll win. Do you think Probably you're... comfortably. Ollie, do you think we'll see a repeat of um, a repeat, um, a repeat <laughs> of uh, of Ozil in the number ten with Danny Welbeck up front? Because they seem to they seem to link up pretty yeah. well the other day. Yeah, I, I think we will. Um, I think traditionally, you know, he he hasn't really changed his tactics too much, home or away. He, you know, that's why we sort of ended up getting battered away last season a couple of times. And I think he, he's obviously tinkered with it a little bit. Um, this season, I think he's trying to find a little bit of form out of us. Um, I think he will go um, Ozil behind Welbeck. Um, I think we'll see Sanchez come back in for a his, his quality, but also his work rate, which is something you're always going to need in a derby. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think we'll go pretty much standard home formation that we pretty much always do. We're not going to deviate um, mainly because Veng is too old and stubborn. <laughs> um, Eddie, can I press you for a, a score prediction, lads? Oh, uh, before I do, just so just, I probably shouldn't admit this, I've already had a bet on Tottenham to win. Um, oh, so then, if I know you do, so many then, Arsenal fans that do that. Yeah. Like the, the, yeah, the situation. If you win, if you mm. if, if you win, I've got to come home to my girlfriend who is a Spurs fan, and I've got to listen to her. Um, and a few hundred quid will, will make that a hell of a lot easier to do. <laughs> You're going to get so many unfollows for that. That's all I'm saying, mate. You know, yeah, no. yeah. you might even get called a hashtag disgrace. Yeah, absolute disgrace. Yeah. But uh, what? Do you, any any prediction? Uh, two one. Two one. Jing. I'm going to go more comfortable. I think we might ransack it a little bit and go four one. Interesting. Interesting. All right, then, lads. Well, thank you very much for giving us your time this evening. And 
I hope you have a horrendous day on Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) You too, mate. Likewise to you, boys. See you later, guys. Cheers, guys. Bye. So that was all, that was oddly, oddly friendly, wasn't it? Uh, A bit too friendly. Yeah, that was, uh, you know what, they were, they, there's, uh, there's nothing about us that, that, that um, scares them whatsoever, is there? (laughs) Not one, not nothing. (laughs) I mean, I, I, I liked it how, you know, when I, when I said, I, I, I just mentioned Soldado's name and you could hear the pair of them just corpsing in the background, you know, just, just scoffing. Um, but we, we, as we mentioned, we don't, we don't have that fear factor, do we really? Not really. We don't, we don't have, um, we don't have that one player that, that other teams are going to look at and say, he is something we have to look after throughout the game or he is someone who can hurt us. I don't think we're, um, no, <laughs> no. In short, no, yeah, just no. no. <laughs> one word answer to that. Yeah. I mean, how do you do? You see us lining up in the same way as we did against against West Brom? Uh, roughly, I think Dembele will go. I think. Um, yeah. I think I think Bentaleb will start. Yeah. I think because uh, I don't think from what I've I've seen of Pochettino so far, and from what I've read from of his reaction and seen from the touchline, yeah, well, I um. I wouldn't have thought that he would tolerate that. I thought Dembele, you know, um, we we could speak, we could have an entire podcast about him, but I just think he doesn't do what Pochettino needs him to do. I think, and that's get the ball forward. So, uh, Ben Tleb is a, is a flawed player. Um, I think he's like hugely naive defensively, but he, with the ball at his feet, he is more likely to um, to bring our our attacking players into the game. And we can't. We're obviously not the kind of side that can go to the Emirates and, and defend for 90 minutes because that will not end well. No. Um, I mean, so. it, it, it's still quite interesting as well to see that in the, in the middle of the park, they, they, it, it does seem to be their weak spot really. Um, I mean, it seems odd saying that when they've got players like Ozil and Ramsey um, in there, but there still doesn't seem to be that kind of cohesion between, between the three of like Ozil, Ramsey um, and Wilshire as we were talking about. And I think with a player like Kapu in there, who is very physical, who is very direct, who will harry and will chase them, I think you know, that is potentially our only, our only way. And like, like you're saying with, with Dembele, um, he's not going to be really relied upon to when we, when we do need to break. Because I think we are going to be playing a lot of this game on the counter we can't really rely on Dembele to be the person that's going to release the ball quickly and send it upfield to catch Arsenal when they are on the back foot. Um, but if we do have someone like Bentaleb, who does, you know, I, I'm the first to be critical of Bentaleb, to be honest. I'm, I'm not his biggest fan. Um, I do think he's got a lot of potential, but I, I do think we kind of... He, he's, he's one of those players that you need to, like, there are things in his game which are just ridiculous. Like, uh, you know, for all the good, he's, he's one of those players that, like, gives the ball in it, away inexplicably three or four times a game. I, used, I mean, even against QPR, he would just like it's almost a concentration thing with him. Yeah, um, he's got all the talent. He, I mean, he's a talented footballer. I don't think anything else is disputing that. But he, um, it's a risk. But it's a, you know, it's a lesser of two evils, isn't it? There's, there's, <laughs> so, so. Well, there's been a few calls though recently for, and yeah, you might laugh, but four four two to come back again because people want to see Adebayor and Soldado up front. Um, I mean, is that well, we no, no, <laughs> no just, just, just just no, just just because we we are like, I mean, you, you play four four two. I no, I, I understand the Soldado Adebayor thing because um, you know, 
when they've been on the pitch fleetingly in the past, they, they, they've performed quite well. Um, like a, 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 St. Mary's last season, ironically. Um, but you just, that creates so many problems throughout the rest of the field. You can't, like, side isn't strong enough in midfield to, to have a numerical disadvantage going. So you need to have, it's not, Tottenham don't really have a three in the centre, but it's kind of a three as and when Ericsson drops back in. Um, and I don't think, I don't think, um, I don't think Lamella or Chadley is suited to playing as an orthodox winger. Um, Lennon, we've talked about, um, and that's not really an option either. And I just think that, I don't think the players exist to play a 4-4-2, even if, you know, that was, uh, even if that wasn't a completely archaic, redknapp-tastic, you know, ugh, no. Lump it, lump it up to Addy. He'll, just, knock, he'll knock it down for Bobby. Do just that. fucking run around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh dear God. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I'm... I'm... I, I like the... Look, I like the shape. I, I really like the shape. It just doesn't quite work yet. Yeah. I like the idea of... I love the... Um, you know, you can see... What's, what's great about Pochettino? Let's inject some positivity here. Yeah, let's do it. What's great about Pochettino is, unlike Sherwood, you can see what he's trying to do. You know, mm-hmm. there is a, there's, a, uh, there's, a, there's a method here, and, and you can see immediately, from the very first preseason games, you could see what he was trying to do with, that, with those front players. And he wanted that kind of um, multi-movement, lots of fluidity, everyone changing positions. You know, that's a really hard thing to defend against. And once they get that right... And there are good players in those positions too. Um, we're down on Tottenham, but like you know, Eriksson's a very good player. Adebayo, when he can, when he, when he feels like it, it's a very effective player. <laughs> Lamella, I, I'll have faith in Lamella until until it's you know until it's a completely untenable position. Until we've released him in two years' time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> until, he, until he plays for Hull. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, but I, yeah, it's just get it right, and it's really effective. I, I would also say you know, on, on my positive spin on things, because he's been likened to AVB quite a bit recently and the football and the system has been likened to AVB. But I would say the big difference between Pochettino and AVB at the moment is that Pochettino looks visibly dismayed and actually quite angry as to the way Tottenham are moving the ball so slowly. Whereas AVB kind of looks confused as to why that wasn't working, if you know what yeah. I mean. So uh, completely agree. So the, 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 there's a huge difference in the pace of the, in the temperament of the football between those two. It's like a, a completely different philosophy. And Villas Boas, Villas Boas, one day, I remember saying this to Raj when I was on with him. I, one day, Andre Villas Boas would be an incredibly successful coach because his understanding of the game is just incredibly complex. His, his yeah. ego gets in the way a bit, doesn't it? A little bit, yeah. And, and he's quite stubborn tactically, and he doesn't, you know, he he sort of persevered with the system that ultimately cost him his job, really. Um, and it probably wasn't really right for English football, I don't think. But um, no, Pochettino, Pochettino, everything's quicker. Uh, I'd, I'd say it's pretty, pretty different, actually. I don't think there's... It, it looks like, it looks like Villa, Villa Spurs' system when it goes wrong. That's kind of why the misconception exists, probably. Right, well, there we go. Um, it's, been a, <laughs> been a, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Yeah, mate, as well. Thank been, you uh, for... Thank you for filling in on this in this epic North London derby bants tastic football podcast. You know what? We, we didn't we didn't have a lot of um, we didn't have a lot of bants, did we? we, no. we, didn't. we I think more you know, self depreciation than anything, wasn't it? It's kind of like our defence mechanism. Like right. it's the sort of yeah, we'll, we'll say all the things you're going to say about us, so you can't say them. We did talk <laughs> about the weird Burkamp statue, though. I think that got to them. That got to them. 
We we showed them on that one. In a way, it doesn't really matter who wins the game now because we've won. You know, <laughs> with that with a statue comments like we, you know, there's no coming back from that. You can think we can lose five now. I'm, we still I'm really win. Giving you a little <laughs> a little virtual high five here. <laughs> there you go. Uh, dear. Yeah. Um, well, and as well, I, I urge you, listener, um, give Seb a follow on uh, on Twitter at Premier League Owl, and also be sure to read all of his all of his stuff on thepremierleagueowl.com. He's one of the one of the finest football writers there is on on the on the internet. And I'm, that's you know, very kind. Yeah, Thank you, um, Thanks, Jack. Uh, brown nosing and. <laughs> but but it's true it's true he's a very talented man so um thanks for thanks for joining seb and uh, of course you can follow us for our inane shite on twitter at rtrssm um and check out spursstatman.com um raj who has bottled it this week has actually written something for once um he's remembered that he is actually quite a good writer as well as a podcast gobshite so um check it out but uh, yeah for now let's keep our fingers crossed for Saturday come on you Spurs Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.